Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about Crimson Tide? I am because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Every week I'm like, I'm not going to sing the theme song. I'm not going to do it. And every week it's like, it's like, I can't help it. You know what I mean? I, every week I think she's going to think, sing the theme song. So if you didn't sing it, it would surprise me. <laughs> It'd be weird. Just yeah. An awkward silence between us. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. A little low energy today. I think I'm going to take a nap after this and then I'm going to clean. So that's what I promised I'd do to my, promised myself I'd deep clean. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. That sounds nice. It's like, I'm getting like, I've been alone though for a while. Um, like for many days. And I'm feeling like I need to be around people. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I know. I know what you mean. So I think I'll talk to my parents and be like, yo, can I come over? I don't know if tonight or tomorrow, whenever. But yeah, it's uh, I, I don't think that's helping with my mental state. You know what I mean? I have a really hard time during the week. Like, I don't know, long days. If I spend the whole day by myself, I start to feel like very emotional yeah yeah i get it i i find that i'm actually a lot more introverted than i previously was so i don't mind being alone during the week but i have to have like a day here or there during like at least during seven days where i i spend time with people because it's it's a it's like emotionally exhausting you know it like drains you and it, it's, I feel like I have no energy. And I was saying like, I was texting, um, Emily yesterday, my friend Emily. And I was like, I am depresso espresso. <laughs> like, so yeah. And, uh, kind of went away for a bit and then it just like came back with a vengeance. And I was like, that's fine. I don't need to do anything. I'll just lay in my bed and watch Bob's burgers for the millionth hundred thousandth time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, it's not nice, but it's, yeah, it's nice it to is, like watching Bob's Burgers can help like help you feel better. Yeah. It definitely is like my number one show where, you know, it's it's a uh, it's my show. It's a show that I put on when I'm doing other stuff and all that stuff, so yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, The Office used to be that for me, but they took The Office off of Netflix. And the thing is I have a lot of seasons on DVD, but that for some reason, like I'd rather complain about it not being on Netflix anymore, even though I could just buy the rest of the seasons and watch it whenever I wanted. But I don't know. The problem is though, you watch like three episodes and you're like, I have to get up and change the DVD. <laughs> you know, you can't just like yeah. sit there and be like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. All nine seasons coming at me. Like how inconvenient. You mean I have to walk to the DVD <laughs> player? Who do you I've think gotten, I am? 
I really liked How I Met Your Mother when it was on, when it was on like fresh, you know, and then yeah. I kind of forgot about it for a while. And I actually never watched the last season because I heard how it ended and it made me really angry. And so Same. I boycotted the last season and I never watched it. And it recently was put on Hulu and I thought maybe it's time. Enough time has passed. I feel like I'm healed enough. So <laughs> I watched the last season and it was pretty good. I'm still angry about how it ended. I'm, I think it's very, very uncreative and it really pissed me off. But um, I I'm getting back into the older episodes again, like the, the, the ones from like the earlier seasons and it still makes me laugh. Like it's still really funny. I really like that show. I mean, it's, it's nothing like the office. I think the office is like, for me, the pinnacle, like the most creative and, and it's like understated and also hilarious, but how about your mother is still like very, I don't know. It makes me laugh and it's comforting. And I think it's still creative just in a very different way. Yeah. There's um this one episode that's my favorite episode where they're talking about how different drinks affect them differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And like Ted's like I he's like, I am crazy good at beatboxing when I drink like rum or whatever. <laughs> but in like <laughs> and it's like and he's telling this story and you're like, Wow, he sounds amazing. But then the reality is he's like i love yeah um there's this one episode that's not my favorite episode by any means but it's just a moment where they or it's like part of the episode they talk about the chain of screaming have you ever oh yeah is that where you scream at someone and then they scream at like a person below them and then so on and so forth yeah it's like like you catch someone on a bad day and they scream at you but it's not because of you it's because when they were leaving their wife or their kid made them upset or something and like i don't know that stick that sticks with me because i keep thinking of like the chain of screaming and i'm like you know if someone's upset it's probably not at you unless you know that something you did like if if there was something egregious that i know i did then there's a good chance but otherwise it's like somebody is upset it's probably not you it's probably other circumstances and i don't know it's that's something that is interesting i guess i don't know no i always stuck with me i get that too like um you just sometimes are like, are you okay? Are you upset at me? And it's like, and the person's like, what? No. And you're like, oh my God, I don't even know what I was thinking that. Just kidding. <laughs> you know. Anyway. So, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, so do you want to talk about our mini topic? Yeah. Which it really isn't a mini topic. It's just more, we were going to do something. And then I kept like, I don't know. I was like starting to like. I was going to do the sequel, like a a made-up sequel for 10th Kingdom, but then I read what they were actually going to do, and I hated it so much that I was like, I don't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole, and it was so disappointing, but it also makes me happy that they have not made a sequel to 10th Kingdom now, because now that I know what they were going to do, I'm like, this is garbage, and go back to the drawing board and just erase everything you just did, because it's trash. (laughs) I you showed me one episode of the Ted, Tenth Kingdom a long time ago, and I it wasn't really my thing. But is like John Larroquette in that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm thinking of the right thing. And the daughter from like Father of the Bride. Yeah. Um, what's her name? 
Kimberly Paisley. Yeah. I was just yeah. looking up the text thread that you sent me because you said to me, this is what you said. And it made me laugh because I, I was like, this is like a real saga. So you said, do you have anything prepared for your mini topic? Because this might be a long one because I've got to explain what happened in the first movie for the second one to make sense. And I said, I don't. It can just be you, exclamation point. And you said, okay, cool. And then 20 minutes later, so I just found the actual idea for the sequel to The 10th Kingdom, and now I don't want to do it anymore. I don't like the plot. Time to start fresh. Ugh, there's a real possibility I won't have a mini topic this week. <laughs> it was a real saga. <laughs> and uh, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I liked it. Anyway. Yeah, so we're just going to do recommendations this week, which yeah. will be fun, I think. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Well, this so this past week was kind of interesting. This past weekend, last Saturday, I went to Target and I had like a true Target trip, like one that women talk about on the internet, <laughs> where like you went for something and you ended up buying other things. And so yeah. that's never happened to me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Never in my life has that ever happened to me. <laughs> And so I went to Target. So my my recommendations is twofold. So I'll start with the first thing. And then after you go, I'll tell the second thing. But okay. so I went to Target specifically to, to buy the movie Tenet because I really want to see it. Because I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan. And I thought the movie looked cool. And I saw something on Instagram about... Um, one specific scene involving like a highway and a fire truck and I think it's really cool because Christopher Nolan uses practical effects yeah so that like puts hearts in my eyes you know I really like that I think he's a really great filmmaker and usually his movies are very like high concept and and like some of them are like things that I don't understand but he gives me enough information for me to understand them in the universe of the movie and I think they're really well done and I was very excited about Tenet. And like a week before that, I had said to Mike, I'm going to buy the movie Tenet. Are you interested in watching it? And he said, ooh, I won't tell you what I, what I heard about that movie. And I was like, okay, it's it bad stuff? And he was like, I'm not going to say. <laughs> so we watched the movie. And so 25 minutes in, let's say, a half hour into the movie, I said to him, can you pause it? And he paused it and he said, I hope you're not going to ask me what's going on because I have no idea. And I said, that's funny because I don't know either. And I was thinking maybe we could put the subtitles on because I feel like I'm missing things. And this is rare for me. Usually 30 minutes into a movie, I know what's happening. Like most viewers right. do. Like Mike should have known what was happening. I should have known what was happening. Most viewers are able to like be like, okay, I know what's going on. This movie is a little bit, you know, ah, like different, but I know I can, I can piece it together and I can watch it and I can know. And 30 minutes in, I was totally lost. And there's a scene where the main character, who doesn't have a name, he's just called like protagonist. He's talking to like a lab scientist and she's trying to explain to him this like concept of these inverted bullets from the future it's like a time travel element and she said to him 
don't try to think about it too much. It won't make sense. And when we paused it, Mike said, I pretty much gave up when the lab technician said, don't try to think about it. It won't make sense. And I said, yeah, that's a pretty lazy way to make a script where you just have one of your characters be like, don't worry about it. It won't make sense. Like that's pretty, that's not very Christopher Nolan to me. And that's not a very good script. And so we turned the subtitles on and I mean, they maybe helped me 2%. I've never watched a movie before where I didn't know it was going, like the movie ended and I really didn't understand most of what was happening. It kind of annoyed me because the stuff I did understand ended up being very pedestrian and elementary. Like Kenneth Branagh was in it and he like made this dumb soliloquy about how people of the future were upset because of global warming and they thought it was our fault. So they were like sending weapons back in time to destroy our generation, which is really stupid because then they wouldn't exist. And I hate I hate global warming messages. I don't, I'm not a climate change denier. Like I understand that the climate is changing. I understand there's a problem, but if you spend billions of dollars to give me a stupid movie about global warming, I'm pissed. It pisses me off because I think that's the most juvenile, easy, like it's, it's, it's not a good twist. It's stupid. It's right. like, it's Captain Planet, and that drives me insane. And and like I said, I know the climate is changing. I know it's a problem, but I think it's a really lame way to like. It's a lame motivation for a future generation because honestly, they say in the movie it's like centuries and centuries in the future. Well, it seems like global warming wasn't that bad if they have the technology to come back in time. And if they have that technology, then why wouldn't they go back and send things back in time that would fix the energy crisis that caused the that caused the climate change to begin with? I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, <laughs> also a lot of it just didn't make sense. And I was really pissed off. So is this like, an anti-recommendation? Yeah, don't, I, okay. it's like, it drove me nuts anyway. And Mike and I were talking about it and he didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand what was going on. It's just, I don't know. They spend a lot of time in the movie talking about this painting, this forgery of a pa- painting. And it's just, it's not good. Don't it doesn't sound I would very good. It. And he said after the fact that he read some like he heard some negative reviews about it, which makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like that sounds weird and confusing and I don't know. I mean, I don't even think I know of the movie, but I don't even think I saw a trailer for it. Um, but I, after that, I probably will not watch it. I don't have like if I was intensely curious about it, sure, but I really don't care <laughs> about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, damn. So my first item at Target that I specifically went for did not work out. Now, what's sucks. your recommendation? <laughs> so I have a couple of them. They're all TV shows. And the first one is Mom. It's with Allison Janney and uh, Anna Ferris. And it's about these women that are alcoholics and they've you know like they're in they're sober and they're recovering and everything and it's really funny like surprisingly funny and there's one scene that I've been like walking around and saying because I have a tendency to like repeat things that I like if I just think that they're funny or whatever um 
and Alice and Jenny had relapsed, and so she was trying to get clean again. And her and her friends are like, well, let's watch a movie. Why don't we watch um, uh, Steel Magnolias? And Anna Ferris is really pissed at her mom because they play mother and daughter. And she, like, walks into the kitchen, and she peeks her head back out, and she goes, Julia Roberts dies. <laughs> and it was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome right <laughs> so I've been like walking around my apartment going like Julia Roberts dies <laughs> uh, should I do you want me to do like a second one sure okay so um my second one is bless the hearts and I told you about this one it's with Maya Rudolph and um uh, Kristen Wiig and Ike Barinholtz, and it's a cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really cute and it's really fun. They ha- they're on their second season now. I don't know if they're gonna have any more episodes this second season, but it's just like a lighthearted little comedy about this this uh, family and I think like North Carolina and um, you know they're like a kind of like lower class family and they're just trying to make their make ends meet and stuff like that, but. Um, the grandma's really funny like she she has this whole there's this whole thing where they're like stalking the daughter because they think that she joined a cult so they're like following her and the grandma is like she's like if you if she's like if I start acting like all seductively towards like the cult leader you have to stop me from doing it and so She's like talking about these like different call leaders and like their sex appeal and like all this stuff. Oh my gosh, is that you? I know, it's like you. I know. And um, so they go and they find out that the daughter is actually working at like a photography studio, and and so the grandma's like, "Oh, that's why I wasn't attracted to him." Oh, (laughs) it's pretty good. That's really They're good. They're both on Hulu. Okay. On Hulu. Yeah. Anyway. I've seen um my mom, my mom in real life likes the show Mom. Yeah. And I've seen some episodes when I've been at, at watching TV with her. And it is funny. I really like Allison Janney. She's yeah. really talented. Did you ever see Drop Dead Gorgeous? Yeah. Yep. I yeah. did a long time ago. So I think that's probably the first movie I saw her in or the first movie I like knew who she was. And anyway, she's very talented. Yeah, she is. I think the first movie I was like ever aware of her in was Juno. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Anyway, what's your next recommendation or anti-recommendation? So my next recommendation is a true recommendation. And while I was at Target, this is not a sponsorship from Target. Target Adventure. (laughs) Target Adventure. While I was at Target buying Tenet, which I thought was going to be awesome. On the same DVD shelf was a Blu-ray of the complete series of Cowboy Bebop, which I loved when I was in high school. My brother Justin showed me an episode, and they're so cinematic. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but it it never it never pulled me in. Like it's it very it's a very cinematic anime, and he showed me an episode, and then I got kind of obsessed, and I like watched them. <laughs> when I could and um, I remember specifically that the last two episodes had been eluding me I couldn't find them on DVD or like video I don't know this was like the 
like 2000, probably the year 2000 in the year 2000. (laughs) And I couldn't, I found some of them on DVD or videotape. I don't even remember. I think it was DVD because my brother, Justin had a DVD player. And um, Mm -hmm. anyway, so anyway, all that's to say, I watched some of them, but the last two episodes, because it's like this character arc for Spike Spiegel, who's a bounty hunter, but he has like a, a, a very like sad past and a sad romance in his past. And so like the culmination of this whole story was the last two episodes and I was never able to see them. And I was like doing some research online and I saw that Comedy Central was playing it on Adult Swim at like midnight. And it was the same week that I, and I didn't have cable at my house also, I should clarify, did not have cable. And I was going to Florida with my friend Allison and her family. And it was the same week that the last two episodes of Cowboy Bebop were playing at midnight on Adult Swim. And I was elated. And I said to Allison beforehand, I said, I'm going to stay up late this one night because I have to watch these episodes of Cowboy Bebop. And if I remember correctly, she was very angry with me because we had to share a bedroom and she said multiple times, will you turn the TV off? And I remember being angry at the moment because I was like, I told you ahead of time that I was going to do this, but I got to see them because my enjoyment is more important than her sleep. Apparently, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, am I proud of my actions? I'm not not proud because I told her ahead of time. And I wanted to see them. And you know what? When you want something, you got to make it happen. And also, that's the story of Cowboy Bebop with me. But now I own them. So if I would have known then what I know now, maybe I would have been nicer to her in the moment. (laughs) I don't know. But anyway, that tale is inevitably tied to Cowboy Bebop for me. I can't think of the show without thinking of that situation. (laughs) And, um, but... So I started watching them and I told Mike, Mike has never watched them either. And he said he was willing to give it a shot. And I don't know, like, obviously, I don't know if he'll get into it or whatever, but I've been sort of rewatching them and I've watched a few so far since buying the, the discs and it's just really fun. Like, I don't know. It's, it's an anime unlike any other animes I've ever seen, because after I initially watched it i thought maybe i'm gonna get into anime and i tried to watch some never no other animes i i didn't really care for any of them and it's kind of unlike any that i've watched like i said and it's very cinematic and artistic and there's probably other animes like that that i just haven't seen but there's also this like concept in anime of like prolonged heavy breathing that i think is kind of awkward and you know you know what i'm talking about no, I, I don't watch. Uh, the only anime that I like is, well, I mean, I like Hayao Miyazaki films. And yeah, I'm I like those with Howl's Moving Castle. So Mike did ask me, he said, you know, do you like those better than Studio Ghibli films? And I said, oh, they're so different. Like Cowboy Bebop is very sci-fi. Um, and I like, like well, and Spirited it's- Away, I really liked. And, and the cat returns i liked and kiki's delivery service was pretty good i did not yeah. like princess not mononoke <laughs> oh really Is yeah that... no i don't think i've seen that one i'm thinking of nausicaa um cowboy bebop has like a different almost a different style where it, it almost like from what i remember it almost doesn't look like a standard anime right yeah, yeah, the only, yeah, it has, like, the prolonged heavy breathing, and it has, like, scantily clad women, which is, like, an anime staple. <laughs> of course. 
<laughs> my biggest issue with anime <clears throat> is um that they have these grown women but they all look like 12 year old girls and it right. really grosses me out and i can't can't do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> just can't do it i'm like the, mm. women in anime it's 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 a little iffy like even cowboy bebop they're all very sexy um and it's just like i know what you're saying and i agree with you but i it doesn't bother me 100 percent of the time because i'm like whatever you know right but yeah. yeah but i recommend it cowboy bebop okay cool yeah i wonder <laughs> if it's streaming anywhere i think it's on hulu okay or yeah. you can stay up late when you're on vacation watch it on adult swim <laughs> which is what the hardcore fans do i don't of care about course. no one when i want what i want <laughs> i don't care about nobody it's all about me <laughs> oh man that's funny so i have two more okay my third one is miranda it's a british comedy oh um, yeah i've heard it, that i think you recommended it to me yeah I, I never watched it it's so funny she's like the one thing that bothers me is that no one in her life like emotionally supports her so she's like always being made fun of but the woman who uh stars in it like wrote it so i don't know if that's just how she's been treated but like it, she's just so awkward and she's so relatable and there's like this one scene where she's in a french class but it's taught at like an elementary school or like a middle school and so the chairs that they have are for little kids and so she sits in the chair and she's like i have to get out of this french class i was taught by that guy in high school and i don't want to be here and so <laughs> she's like she's getting up but the chair sticks to her butt <laughs> instead of like pushing it off she just decides to like leave it on and he's, <laughs> he's like calling her out as she's walking out of the room and she's and she's like she's like oh no no um this is actually from a line of fashion that i designed <laughs> oh, where no. you she's like where you can just sit anywhere and like, <laughs> i'm not doing it justice <laughs> The first time I saw that scene, I laughed so hard. I felt like my vision was going black. Like, oh my I, gosh. Was, like, I was laughing so hard, which like maybe I'm also like over exaggerating a little bit, but it, it's, it's just funny. You have to give it a chance. It's on Hulu. It's really great. I would totally recommend it. It will make you feel better about whatever you have going on in your life as far as love wise. Cause she's so awkward and uh, yeah. It's good. It's very good. Yeah. Good to know. I'll, yeah. Maybe I'll still give it a shot. I just didn't, I think I forgot about it. That's why I didn't watch it. That's, it's, you know, it's there really wasn't funny. Like, yeah. So my, my fourth recommendation is Disenchantment. It's by the same, uh, it's by Matt Groening who did Futurama and The Simpsons. And I really like Disenchantment because it is, um, <clears throat> Now, Futurama doesn't totally do this. It definitely has, like, an ongoing underlying storyline that pushes it further. However, it does kind of have these moments where, like, um, like in Family Guy, everything reverts back to normal by the end of the episode. With Futurama, it kind of does that. But the reason I like Disenchantment so much is that it's an ongoing storyline and, like, things change and people grow and, like, you know, go through these different... Um, things that happen in their lives and it's and it's funny but it's also like 
it's also a little serious too. And mm-hmm. so I would, I would highly recommend it. I think it's a great show. There's like, I think three seasons. It's on Netflix. Um, and Abby Jacobson's in it. She was on Broad City and she's awesome. I love her. And uh, Nat Faxon and Andre. Shit. Andre 3000. No, no, maybe not Andre. Hold on. I can look it up. I don't even think his first name's Andre. I think his second name. Eric Andre. That's his name. Eric Andre is in it. And he's hilarious as like this little like demon guy. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a great show. It's a really good show. I've watched it numerous times and I love it. I think it's awesome. awesome. Oh, and Matt, Matt Berry's in it too. Really? What's he? Yeah. he? I know the name, but I don't know the name. He's in the IT crowd. He's like the guy that has a really rich, like he talk, like he's like he talks like this kind of. Do you? I think you know exactly what I'm talking See about. See the you boss, should. the new boss, the boss's mm-hmm. son or yeah. whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. who that is. Yeah, he yeah. is funny. Yeah, he's really funny. Yeah, uh, and he plays like a he was a prince that was turned into a pig accidentally, <laughs> and so he's always going like sad <laughs> like like that and uh, it's good it's a good it's a good cast it's a good show yeah that's it that's my recommendation awesome good recommendations yeah i did all i was just trying to like watch funnier stuff lately because which of course i watched the ted bundy tapes and the the documentary called the ripper which is about a serial killer in london not the Jack the Ripper, but like it was happening in like the seventies. Um, so I'm like, hmm, why am I feeling so depressed lately? It sure can't be the serial killers documentaries I've been watching. I wonder what it could be. But anyway, so I've been trying to watch a little bit more of happy stuff just so I'm kind of getting out of my funk a little bit, you know? Yeah. 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 Get out of that funk. Get out of the funk. Do, 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 do. Let's get funky, but in a positive way. <laughs> is there a negative way to get funky? There oh, I is. guess funky could be like stinky Smelly. or something. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Thank you for joining the Funky Words podcast. Anyway. Thank you for joining Etymology 101. <laughs> the Mology of Etta's. Anyway, what did you think of the movie? I liked it. I liked it. It it definitely kept um it was it kept me on edge the or not on edge, but um it definitely kept me interested the entire movie. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to say that I didn't like that there was only one female in the entire sh- movie, but you know, I mean, I guess females weren't invented when it comes to the Navy until like 2000 or something. So <laughs> that didn't even occur to me. It like, <laughs> like I was, I finished it and I, and after it, I was like, there was no women in that submarine. Not, I mean, would I as a woman go down and spend 60 days with a bunch of dudes? Fuck no. First of all, you're underwater, so that's terrifying. <laughs> Secondly, 
I don't like boats, and I kind of put submarines in the, like, boat category. Like, yeah, they're not as affected by, like, waves and stuff, but, like, you're still in the middle of an ocean, and which, you know, I mean, it's terrifying, <laughs> which is funny because I just recently sent a bunch of people a video of a woman um, diving with a whale, like a humpback whale. And I was like, I really want to experience this. Well, I didn't know if you knew this, Sam, but guess how you get to those experiences? You get to them the on summarize. a boat. <laughs> on oh. a boat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but we'll make it work. <laughs> so what do you think of the movie? I, lo- I love it. So Mike recommended this movie and mm-hmm. he lent it to me a couple years ago. And I saw it when I was a kid but I, I'm sure I didn't understand it, but I really liked the Jack Russell named Bear. Did you like the Jack yes, Russell named Bear? Yes, I did Bear? catch that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I had a little is, like... Wait, wait, is that what you were talking about when we were talking on... Okay. Yeah, they said there was a small aspect that you would probably be delighted by or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he was like, his name is Bear, and I was like, I was like, and I Bear was like, my Bear was sitting on my lap at the time, and I was like, I was like, Bear, his dog's name is Bear, and Bear was just like, I'm sleeping right now can you please not bother me (laughs) i had a little like there were toys called puppies in my pocket and they were little like rubber molds of dogs and i had a jack russell and i named him bear so i definitely liked liked that aspect of the movie but i'm when i was however old it was it came out in like 95 so i saw it when i was 10 because i saw it in the theater with my parents so i'm sure i didn't understand most of it but yeah I remember liking the dog and then I watched it again like two years ago for the you know since the first time since I was a kid and yeah uh it's I I think the I think that the tension between Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington is pretty brilliant um like they butt heads immediately but they're professionals so they don't show it yeah. But Gene Hackman, you can tell that Gene Hackman is a little bit put off by like the new school of thought that, you know, oh, somebody who went to Harvard, you think is going to be a better commander than me. Like, right. you got to be a man of action. You don't need to know why. You just need to be able to pull the trigger and stuff like that. And I like how Denzel never is never like claiming to be better than Gene Hackman. But it's like the the Navy like the Navy mindset is shifting and so he's uncomfortable and so he's taking it out on Denzel and Denzel's just like, look, we just want to do our job correctly because the right. ramifications of not doing this job are in- enormous. And and I just really like how um, Denzel is not a kiss-ass, which Gene Hackman says very plainly at the beginning, I don't want kiss-asses. But he also, and he's also, but he's also just like very confident in his own position, and he doesn't need Gene Hackman's approval. And right. I think that that just that dynamic between them just builds really, really cool. And I think a like two lesser actors probably couldn't pull it off the way those two did. And it's all through the movie, and it's I don't know, it's just really cool. Like the intensity of the movie is very very fun to watch i think yeah i think it's interesting too because so hunter is denzel washington and ramsey is gene hackman so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. call them by their character names um i think what with as far as ramsey goes is that he has been in combat for so long that 
it's like when you're playing a shooter game and you're like killing people in the game well to you you know that they're not real and i think it's kind of like that ideal like when you distance yourself from something you no longer see the people that you're shooting at as like real living people they're just the enemy and yeah yeah, that's good yeah and i i think that ramsey had been doing this for so long that he kind of had that mindset which is a really terrible mindset because you have to remember that just because what was, what was the guy's name um the 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 i want to call him pavlachenko but that's like the oh um, oh yeah um Velenchenko? no jeez let me look hold on redchenko uh, redchenko vladimir redchenko okay yeah pavlachenko is like uh she was a um like a sniper in like world war ii anyway just because Redchenko wants to like declare war doesn't mean that these people in these submarines are are bad people that are deserving of death so and I think in Ramsey's experience and his viewpoint is that he is just seeing them as the enemy as like a whole rather than understanding that there are individual people that are on this other ship that like like I, I just think he's he's too quick to pull the trigger, whereas I think that Hunter is, his calm. He's more collected, and he's gonna take the moral high ground as far as like he's going to think through his actions more than Ramsey does. Does that make sense? You're kind of looking at me like, huh? Well, um, I think well, cause I. Th- I think you might be con- conflating some of the situations in the movie because the torpedo actually, or the other submarine actually fired torpedoes on them first because right. they knew that Redchenko had control of some of the Russian subs. They didn't know which one. So that other submarine fired on the Alabama first, but you're talking about sending nuclear. They want to like take care, like send nu- nuclear warheads to I think the the land, not to the other yeah, submarine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's it, what I. Cause... Yeah, the, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um. No, you're right. I was kind of confusing things. Um. That that's like he's just so ready to pull the trigger, and they have this sheet of paper that doesn't even have, um. Like the it doesn't even have like a command on it because it wasn't fully printed out because of the you know the the communication went down so i liked hunter a lot because of how even-minded he was you know what i mean he was just like no we're not going to do this because we don't know what we're supposed to do and we can't you know and like what you said uh, it, there's incredibly massive consequences to being that you know frivolous with pulling a trigger and also not to mention i mean there's that point where he's trying to get um weps to do what he wants to like open up the safe and he like threatens one of his guys so it's like ramsey's like unhinged like the entire movie i was like this guy's fucking psycho like i was like he should not be in charge because he is so willing to just go like oh (laughs) Boop, I did it. My bad. Nuclear war started. Oops. Like, it's just like, what? You know? And it was highly, like, frustrating watching him do this. 
And just watching him, you know, there's all these other people under his command and are, are um, it, you know, like just like, it, it's just, it was like scary a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think something I, an interesting aspect of the movie for me, which I think I saw slightly differently than you, is that he wasn't actually fully wrong, which the tribunal said at the end. Yeah. Like, Denzel was thinking it through because he said there are redundancies. There are other subs who could take care of this. We need to, to like, go up a little bit so that we can get the full message so we know that we're not starting nucle- nuclear holocaust. And um, Ramsey was like, but, you know, my job is to assume that the other subs have been taken out and it's just us. And so I think that that level of intensity it's very interesting because he's not wrong like he's a commander of a war a nuclear submarine his job is to do what the message tells him to do and they said also later like you know the message in hand is the message you have to follow until you get something else so he wasn't totally wrong but it was scary because he was so hell-bent on doing it and that is i think the, the crux of like the tension for me was just that like just like they said at the end like neither one of them were actually wrong and both of them made pretty grievous errors like Denzel wanted to raise the buoy and that caused the noise and that eventually like the chain of events unfolded that made him have to command somebody to close that hatch drowning like four or five sailors yeah and then obviously gene hackman started a mutiny on on the ship and and it it just like like they both made pretty grievous errors because both of them were right and both of them were wrong at the same time and i think that that tension is is just i don't know it's really interesting to me because if they would have like maybe like met in the middle because if Ramsey hadn't been so gung-ho to pull the trigger and if Hunter had been a little bit like okay you know like I need to find a better way to get get through this guy like maybe things could have been different but at the same time like this is a situation of war and and you just have to like you just have to do your job you know and your job is if they tell you to pull the trigger, you know, and it's, it's interesting, I think. Yeah. I think it's, I think that there is um, kind of like a, a little bit of like an aspect of like a moral dilemma within the movie. Mm-hmm. And I like, like that. Like a too. trolley I, problem almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and that is, you know, to mention what you said about the men that were trapped in that room with it, that was, you know, over flooding with water. Um, that is an instance where that is very much the trolley problem. It's like, do I kill everyone or do I purposely, you know, lead these men to their death? And yeah, I mean, it. I, I think that is a very difficult decision to make. I think that he made, I think that Hunter made the right one and that it was like the, you know, what is it? The needs of many outweigh the, the needs of few or whatever. Um, and which I think is a Star Trek thing. So I'm kind of proud that I like mentioned that like, because they mentioned Star Trek in that, which um, by the way, as I've grown older, I've realized that I'm definitely more of a Star Trek girl than a Star Wars girl. So 
I'm just going to announce it on here to everyone. So, you know, I think there's room for both. I think they're very different. I think there is too, but I've always noticed that I've preferred Star Trek over Star Wars. It's, I don't mind Star Wars. I don't dislike it by any means. I just don't actively pursue it. And I don't like, I haven't seen any of the new ones. And if I do cool, if I don't, I don't really care. It's not, I'm pretty indifferent. So you know, and I know that there's huge fans out there and that's awesome. And like more power to you because there's things I'm really big fan of. But now I, I wouldn't, I would definitely not call myself a fan of Star Wars. I would just say, you know, I'm a, I'm a viewer. I'm a <laughs> participant, I guess. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I had no idea what an EXO was. And so the entire movie, I was like, I was like, kids hug. <laughs> <laughs> go get the kiss hug commander <laughs> this is the kiss hug <laughs> it means executive officer <laughs> Jeez. the kiss hug go get the kiss hug guy we all need some kisses and we all need some hugs <laughs> Um, did you notice that there was a very young Ryan Phillippe? I did. How did he get yeah, a fish was... tank aboard the submarine? That was <laughs> like, one of the mysteries of the movie that was never answered for me. He seemed to be a very whimsical character. Like he was either just like sitting there like reading or he was like just looking at his little fishies and I was like, And he was he fretting doing? some of the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Steve Zahn, he died. He was the one who died. Oh, he was the one that was in the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was sad. And um, Rick Schroeder. Is that his name from Silver Spoons? You know who I'm talking about? He was the one who locked them in there. Oh, was he? I don't Rick Schroeder. Don't yeah. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I have to look him up. You ever watch Silver Spoons when you were a kid? Uh-uh. We used to watch it a lot. Rick. Ricky Schroeder. Oh yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. That's okay. I was picturing him when you mentioned him, but I was like, not totally sure if that was the same guy. Yeah, the one thing I do want to talk about in the movie that um, my one critique of the movie, and it's it doesn't ruin the movie for me. It's just something that I don't know why it was put in. And I don't think it needed to be in. I think they could have just had, they could have told the story without doing it. And it was that Weps turned on Hunter for a moment. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird too. I thought, the, so the movie opens and Weps is at Hunter's kid's birthday party. So they're oh, friends. Oh, I have something to say about that, but keep going. Keep going. They're friends. Like they're, they're obviously not just like fellow Navy sailors or i don't know what oh, they're yeah. called like, at that no, point he like full-on brought his kid over yeah. there to celebrate his, yeah. and and when they were walking through after hunter got the job and they were walking before they got to the submarine weps was like we're lucky to have him i trust him and then when the mutiny started and they were trying to get him on board he made like a very like half-hearted attempt to be like guys this is what we're supposed to be doing. I trust Hunter. I trust him. And then he turned on him anyway. And like, that doesn't make any sense to me because 
then the scene where Hunter is like staring him down, I thought it was just like really sad. Like you don't have like even your friend, like your your legitimate friend, not just coworker, your legitimate friend turned on you. And I, I think that they could have gotten the story across by just bypassing Weps in some way. And then obviously like Weps made up for it because he didn't open the thing and like you know, like yeah. uh, he did he he made it impossible for them to shoot the the bombs off right. but i do think about and i know that this like this movie is a fantasy land and it's not real people but i think like what do you do after that like your friendship will probably never be the same maybe no. it will be but i just i don't know i i don't understand that part of the movie i don't understand why they did that because he turned around anyway yeah i i thought that that whole thing was like just just kind of sad like it was like and also so it's like what the 10th day or whatever of them on this trip so then you have 50 more days to live in an enclosed space with this guy and all you can think of is like we used to be brothers but we're not anymore you know and yeah how awful that would be because to me like when you're like hey i am on the side of what is or i am on the side of what is morally correct and the person who like i trust with my life just turned on me so now who do i trust you know who else yeah. is going to turn on me and i also like i don't even know like even leaving out the moral correctness of it he was just trying to do things by the book and Wep seemed to understand that, but turned on him anyway. And I liked that because or I liked that earlier in the movie, Hunter was talking to Weps and Weps was like, you just got to get to know Ramsey. You know, you just got to get to know him. So he wasn't really choosing sides. He was telling Hunter, like, this guy is one way and you have to learn how to work with him. And, and then for him to just like turn so dramatically and be part of the mutiny didn't really make sense to me because it's not like I don't even think like I know what you're saying that Hunter was morally right and I don't disagree with you but I also think that he wasn't just morally right like he was going through Navy procedure like the procedure laid out and that's right. why the cop like Cobb said you know like Hunter was like thank you and Cobb was like fuck you he can't just replace you that's why I backed you up you know right and so it's not necessarily because he's right or wrong it's because there's procedure in place that the navy puts in place so things like this like so mutinies and things don't happen or, or you know so so you don't pull the trigger when you shouldn't and and i think that that scene with um ramses and webs that you mentioned where he was like threatening the other soldier with the gun that still could have happened even if webs hadn't turned yeah on hunter like that whole thing could have played out exactly the same yeah so i'm not sure why they made yeah like you said like your your brother your your comrade why would they make him turn on him you know yeah no that didn't make a lot of sense to me either i was kind of like wait what yeah I, um so there is i wanted to discuss the party scene because there is a trope you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about that I hate so fucking much and it's the person who walks into the room at the exact time that the TV is on telling them the information that they need to know <laughs> yeah. like first of all first of all like I have a I have a really big complaint about the scene because first of all 
you're at a party and there's like that magician there. So it's, it's obviously like, it was a big deal. It was really planned out. You know, it looks really nice and the TV is on and it's on this totally inappropriate station. Yeah. Like CNN. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and also it's like, it's like loud, like it's not quiet. And so he's going in the kitchen to get something first of all the tv shouldn't even be on because you're at a kid's party that trope is something that i hate because it's so convenient like i have never in like there i think there was some there was something that made fun of that trope and i cannot oh you know what it is it's arrested development and um it's uh Michael and he's in the room with a lawyer and they're trying to show him an, like an ad or something or like a piece of uh, news that was on TV and so they turn it on thinking like it was going to be dramatic because it was going to be on exactly the time that they did it but like an hour later he's like no it's coming up I swear it's coming up and it's like <laughs> and it, yeah like it's it's and he's like and <laughs> he goes but imagine if I had turned on the tv and it was on at the exact moment I turned it on and it's like it's just like so you know Hunter goes into the kitchen and he's watching this very loud program about the war that's happening in Russia and I was just like come on you like you can't like show him cleaning up later and he has like the tv on and like a commercial passes and then he hears it like it's it's just it's it's just a lazy trope to me and I understand that they're trying to like cut out the time that it like they don't need that extra like moment but at the same time it's so stupid and unrealistic that and it doesn't like take anything away from the movie by any means like really any movie but it's it's just stupid (laughs) I do I I didn't really think about it you're right that it is a trope we're like oh he happens to be in the kitchen at the right the perfect (laughs) moment that is a trope it didn't bother me in the movie because I thought it was just establishing that like like it's like we need you here ASAP like who cares that you're at your kid's party you gotta go right right didn't bother me necessarily but it is a funny trope <laughs> like mm. let's leave the news on just in case yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i something uh. i liked about the movie that i thought was creative as well is that the it was bookended um by a news anchor on a aircraft carrier and i thought that oh that yeah, was yeah. A clever way to get a lot of information across yeah yeah. Um, I liked that because then we didn't have to sit through like a bunch of debriefings or whatever, you know, we could just yeah. like, pretty much get to the action right away. And I thought that that was really smartly done because the movie is so action, like fast paced, It's not really action packed, but it's very fast paced. And I, and I think any it's sort very of tense. Debriefing, yeah. yeah. So I like the, the newscast aspect, um, just quickly told us what we needed to know. And you know what, if Tenet had done that, maybe I would have been okay with it. <laughs> But speaking okay. of aircraft carriers, I've been on an aircraft carrier before. Have you really? Yeah. In, um, hang on. In South Carolina, in Charleston, South Carolina, there's a place. Um, it's like a naval museum. It's called Patriots Point. And you can go on the USS Yorktown. And there is also a submarine there that I've been on board as well. Ooh. And so that was pretty cool. I can't find the name of the submarine though. Are they big? Like I so that's really, what I was. Oh what? Yeah, 
I'm wondering because so I was, as I was watching this movie and they showed it from like the outside, I was like, that thing looks really small, but then the interior looked enormous. Like I was thinking I was going to feel very claustrophobic, you know, mm-hmm. but I really, I really didn't. And I was, I was a little actually disappointed in that because I thought that would have added to the tension a lot to feel that claustrophobia. But I really, I really didn't have that, you know, when I was watching the movie. I almost said something to you because I saw your posts about being afraid it's going to be claustrophobic. And I almost said like, they're actually like, everything is close, but they're a little bit more spacious than you, I think, envision. Yeah. When you, because when you think of a summary and you think like, oh my gosh, tight spaces, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I mean, there's no like banquet halls or anything, but the, oh, okay. It was, it's called the, um, USS Clamagore. It's a cold okay. war submarine. Anyway, I've been on board that and that's pretty cool. And, um, there's also like a, a destroyer, um, the USS Laffey. I can't remember if I, I probably was on that as well, but anyway, the Yorktown is the aircraft carrier and that's pretty cool. They're not as tight as you might imagine is all I was going to say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, in the movie they convey that there's like, you know, some space like t- Hunter was jogging at one point. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you have to keep up with your, you know, um, working out somehow. I guess I forget that they can make like ships as large as they want just because there's so much water on this planet that there's really no like maximum amount as how big as to how big they can be i mean obviously i'm assuming that a smaller ship would be faster um than like a big bulky one big bulky submarine i mean um but i think i kind of like tend to forget that that <laughs> they're like it's it can be made into a larger um submersible because there's so much room within the ocean to move that there's really no need to limit yourself you know Mm -hmm. yeah and I guess so I kind of I kind of don't remember that and then I think like well it's got to be cramped inside there because how you know (laughs) you know but it makes sense it makes sense that it wouldn't necessarily be cramped in there yeah 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 plus I mean there is also the factor of like you need to fit a bunch of people on board yeah and you also don't want your crew going crazy as well um i had two questions for you um my first one is i'm i it baffled me a little bit that hunter was so put off that ramsey wanted to do the drill right after a fire because that actually made sort of perfect sense to me like doing a drill after like there's already like chaos because what he said was you know we don't you know they don't wait to start wars until everything is going smoothly on the ship so what did you think about that um i think that as far it it looked like it was a grease fire and grease fires are like way scarier than regular fires because they can't be put out with water um because water can actually only like water actually makes it worse so um I'm I'm assuming it was a grease fire. They didn't say otherwise, but that's just kind of what it looked like to me, you know. Um, they either have to be, like, suffocated or, like, what they did with the, um, what are those called? Fire, what are those called? <laughs> those red cylindrical. Oh, fire extinguisher? <laughs> yes, thank you. 
fire I thought extinguisher. you were searching for something totally different. I was like, <laughs> nope, that's exactly what I was thinking of. They use the fire extinguisher. I could understand Hunter's fear that it might restart again because that can happen with the grease fire. But um, I also am totally on board with what Ramsey said because he's right. There is not going to be any perfect time to run a drill because war isn't going to just be like, everyone's comfortable. Everyone's got their popcorn. Great. Let's start shooting each other. <laughs> you know? Like, right. It's, it's going to be when you know, men are running around or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, shit, we're being attacked. And now we have to focus down and stop whatever we were doing to, you know, make sure that we don't die. So I, I guess I'm kind of more to, to answer your question. I guess I'm kind of more on Ramsey's side mm-hmm. in that case that I think that I understand where Hunter's coming from for sure. But I, I think in that case that it's not really like it's all, there are other people that can put out that fire other than him. It's not like he's the only one, you know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like I, I, it, it was strange to me that he was so upset by it because I thought that that seemed so logical that, yeah, yeah. you want to do something when people are not, in the right frame of mind for it because you want them to get in the right frame of mind immediately. Like you train them to jump from one problem to another. And, and yeah, I agree with you. And, and yeah. And I liked how I liked later in his, in his little quarters, Ramsey said, you know, I'm fine if you want to question me, but do not question me in front of the men because we're asking them to do something like, crazy basically you know we're asking them to do something that could eat at their consciences forever and they need to know that they did the right thing because they see us unified and that's another reason why i think the movie is so good because they're not neither one of them is right and neither one of them is wrong you know because he's right like i was talking to a, a guy years ago years and years ago and we got on the topic of like um boot camp and i was saying how I don't know why they yell at you so much at boot camp. I could never, I could never handle it because I don't want to be yelled at. I don't like being yelled at. Like, why don't they just ask me to do something? And he said, well, they yell at you because they are trying to teach you that you can't just do what you want. You have to, your instinct has to be to do what they want. Right. And that always stuck with me because I, I'd never heard it explained like that before. And, and that makes sense to me because when you're being asked to do something that is against what you would normally want to do or against what your instinct is, you have to have that training in you built in that, that you'll do it. And if you see your commanding officers as a unified front, then you know that you've done the job they want you to. And now like, there's obviously like moral dilemmas within (laughs) any sort of war situation and any sort of armed forces situation that is way too deep that I'm not willing to talk about, but you know, I mean, it's, it's obviously like not perfect, but I, I think it's interesting. I like the way it's illustrated in the movie. I do too. I mean, it's, it's the same idea with like an emergency or a crisis situation just in everyday life where, you know, like things aren't just going to be totally fine when someone's crossing a street and gets hit by a car. It's going to be, you know, like you're not going to expect it. It's going to happen. And then you have to immediately react because this person 
at like this could be a life or death situation and they could die within minutes um and it's like you can't just stand there like holding your phone like you're about like texting someone and someone's screaming at you call fucking 911 what are you doing call 911 you know what i mean yeah so your comments made me think of something and it was a book that i had an old supervisor who told me about it yeah and it's like it's called the unthinkable who survives when disaster strikes and why and there's stories in there about obviously like why people survive catastrophes and it's um and she i never read the book but my supervisor told me a story about an office a particular office this is allegedly from the book obviously i don't know but this is what i was told there was a particular office in the world trade center and um the manager of the office or the guy i don't know whoever was in charge of this group of people made them do drills like escape drills fire drills and stuff because in the world trade center there was no single stairway or uh elevator that went from the bottom to the top you had to like take this elevator to like floor 72 and then this elevator to like floor 24 and then this one like there was like little stopping points right and um so you had to know like where you had to go or like m- maybe like certain uh, stairways may have been like that too. Like you can take this stairway down like 70 floors and then you have to take this other stairway. Anyway, he did all these drills with his office or he would do drills occasionally with his office. And according to my supervisor, everyone in that office survived because they all knew how to get out. And, and so, I, I mean, that's just, that's just one example of just like people who know what to do in an emergency situation tend to do better you know than people who panic and and i think that that's it's just interesting taking it back to the movie how the the chain of command has to be kept intact otherwise the people on the lower rungs will start to panic and miss like grievous mistakes will be made and so i i I don't know. The two characters are so fascinating to me because it wasn't easy for me to pick out a villain. I think Ramsey did more villainous things, but I don't know if he was necessarily a total villain, you know? Right. Well, I think he was, I think I wouldn't call him really an antagonist either, but he was definitely an antagonizing force, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's interesting and i love i love the moral dilemma of movies like this where you know like what you said like neither of them were right and neither of them were wrong but there is kind of like a a gray area where you go well <laughs> you know like uh, if i'm siding with somebody i side with hunter because he's same. thinking it through but i can see the argument for both sides in some capacity yeah. And I think it, as far as Ramsey goes, is that again, he's had this experience, whereas Hunter has not had combat experience. And Ramsey, I, I think his end goal was that he's like, I have to keep everyone alive. And if this is what I have to do, then this is what we got to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I mean, again, like what you said, neither of them were right. Neither of them were wrong. So it's, it's an interesting way of looking at this whole story because it's kind of just like you you know like and and us as a viewer like we well you and I have no sort of experience in the military unless there's something you're not telling me um (laughs) I'm not hiding a secret military history (laughs) (laughs) 
you're like, actually, I was the number one sniper in my group. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be yes. kind of badass. I, be I'd be like, cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. we don't have military no. experience. We don't. So, you know, I mean, viewing this movie could be a little bit different from someone who's military experience. I'm also sure that this movie is dramatic and over the top because, again, it's a movie. Isn't it Jerry Bruckheimer? Yeah, it's like a joint. Him and somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was this one part where I swear, like, it sounded like the first, like, three or four notes of the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. And I was like, who did the music for this? <laughs> so I, I think it was it Hans Zimmer. It was Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. And it's, he did not do Pirates of the Caribbean. It just no. happened to be coincidence. Did but you like I was, the score? I did. I thought it was yeah. good. I thought it was good. It's pretty good. Um, it's awesome, yeah. Let's see. I have a couple notes here. They do the hymn that they sing on Titanic. Did you notice that? When they're first oh. going underwater, they're do- like the hymn that they sing on, on at the church service in the movie Titanic is playing. No, I didn't notice that. That's interesting, though. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. I also had a thing about why there's a couple things. First of all, why is everyone smoking in this enclosed space? That really bugged me. Did that bug you? I was getting grossed out by that. I was like, probably stink. Like, it already stinks in there like men who are sweating, like, a lot. <laughs> They're all sweating so much. And so that makes it, like, hotter in there. And then they're smoking. So not only is it, like, like sweaty men, it's, like, cigarettes, too. And all I could think of was like, oh, it's probably really disgusting. And <laughs> no, it didn't. I didn't even think that one bit. I think smoking looks kind of cool. So I thought it was really cool when Weps was like, when the time was up and it just showed Weps like taking a drag on his cigarette, like not doing anything. And I actually don't, I don't really think like cigarettes smell gross. Like they don't, cigarettes don't gross me out. Um, I've, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, and the only time I'm ever grossed out by cigarettes is if I walk into a house and you can tell that someone's been smoking in that house for 60 years and the upholstery is just covered in it. That's when it kind of smells not so good, but the smell of cigarette smoke and just like people smoking never, it doesn't gross me out in the slightest. So I never, I never thought about that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my parents, um, they smoke and I have occasionally dabbled in it, but, um, they will smoke in the, uh, garage when it's a little too cold outside. Sometimes they'll smoke like right near the fireplace, but like they'll smoke in the garage. And so you'll walk in there and it's like being hit with a wall of cigarettes. It's, it stinks so bad. It's disgusting. So it's like, I don't think that the submarine would smell like that. But I was very surprised that that would be a thing that would be allowed. I would think that they'd be like, no, you can't smoke in a submarine. You know what I mean? Because where, like, where's the air going to escape to? You know? That's a good question. I, I didn't think about it. But I, I, I tend to think that the Army, Navy, Marines wouldn't mind a sailor having a vice like that if it kept them calm yeah because if someone's a smoker and now you can't smoke for 60 days and they're having a quick cold turkey i think that would cause more problems than just letting them smoke 
But I yeah. don't actually know the rules. Like that could have been cinematic liberties. You know what I mean? I don't. Well, that's I'm, what I'm wondering too. Like, is it cinematic liberties? You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't even think about it. it. Just I just accepted the fact that these men who do this hard and stressful work probably smoke. I guess it didn't occur to me that they might they might not allow smoking in real life. You know? Right. Right. Um, another thing too is why. Do they have guns in a submarine? Like, you think it's going to work out if you maybe accidentally shoot the wall and a fucking spout of water starts coming in there? <laughs> I assume they have guns for just what happened, like mutiny. Right. And I would hope that the the walls are a little bit thicker than that. Me too. Well, I mean, they got, I mean, they have to be very thick because they were able to get down to like 1,800 feet. And that yeah. was hull crushing depth, and so they're probably bulletproof. I would imagine. Yeah. I would hope. Otherwise, they wouldn't. I, if they weren't bulletproof, I don't think they'd have guns on the submarine. I just I thought that that was very weird. It seemed like that would be just a great way to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. So that it mu- they must be bulletproof because I would assume that like weapons would not be allowed if they weren't right they wouldn't have an arsenal like like tasers like tasers would work yeah you know it just it seems like there's a a safer approach than using a gun you know also yeah like also i mean assuming that there's no mutiny on the ship um from anybody enlisted in the u.s armed forces but if the submarine surfaces and there's a ship trying to take them hostage or something, you'd want to protect yourself. Or if somebody boards the submarine somehow and tries to wreak havoc from the inside, you would you would need ways to protect yourself. So there's more than just like just the people on board that you would have to worry about, I think. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um that was insane though the whole scene where they're going down like they're like the engine's not starting mm-hmm. um because i was like why do they keep going down like and then i again i should not watch movies in the morning because i feel like i get like i get like three-fourths of the information but then my sleepy mind is like why are they going down so low? And then I'm like, oh, the engine's not working. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> and it's, you know, like, it's just like, what? So um, that was really interesting. I can imagine how scary that would be that if you are, you know, you're, you're like, who knows how deep the ocean is at that point? You know what I mean? They probably in- know, I would think. <laughs> Well, yeah, they're not like, just going to be like, let's just keep going down until we hit the bottom. I mean, yeah. in control, obviously, if they're not in control, they can't control right. it. But I think they probably have like ocean floor maps and things and depth yeah. maps. You're probably right. You probably are totally right. <laughs> it's not like, what is this big body of water? Maybe we should just go in and see how deep we can get. <laughs> like, look at that thing with all the pointy teeth. Let's get close to it and be friends. <laughs> there were there were scenes though where it would show the like it would be a wide shot of the submarine falling and it looked like there was like rock fixture, like rock outcroppings. And I was yeah, like, I are they gonna hit too. that? You know, but then I wasn't sure if I was if it was just like 
not actually rocks and just like a darker part of the screen or not i couldn't tell but no it looked like an undersea mountain yeah that's what i thought yeah mm-hmm. i thought it was like an undersea mountain um because there's all sorts of um i mean there, we have not really explored the ocean bottom and there's so many so many things down there that we have no idea so i think it's totally possible that there is an undersea mountain you know yeah yeah, because isn't like the deepest part of the ocean like a mile down? I think it's Mariana's Trench. Something like that. Um, I don't know the depth, but you're right that it is the Mariana's Trench. Yeah. Uh, I really like, now we're kind of going off topic here, but I love deep sea. <laughs> like I'm obsessed with deep sea. And oh no, it's got to be more than a mile because... The Titanic is a mile down, and that is not the deepest part of the ocean. So, kind of curious now. But anyway, um, I've always thought that the deep sea was really interesting, and I really like creepy deep sea fish. So, I would totally go down deep sea, 100%. I would totally go see that Titanic. Yeah. It's fascinating, the pressure that you're underneath when you're that deep is... crazy it is the weight of the water on top of you that's i think that's very interesting yeah and then if you go up too fast you can get um the the uh the bends yeah the bends there was a when i worked at the theater there was an imax movie called deep sea 3d and tom cruise uh was the narrator yeah and he's talking about oh my gosh was it a documentary no I don't, that's not the documentary. I'm sorry. There was a documentary called Deep Sea 3D, but the one I'm talking about was the space station. It was an IMAX movie about the space station and Tom Cruise was the narrator. And he was talking about how astronauts have to exercise in space because they could get the bends. And he says in his narration, he goes, now I am a diver and you do not want to get the bends. And it's just like his delivery was really weird at that point. And I was working like after I saw the movie, I was working with my friend Caitlin and And she she was her and I were talking or somebody came up to buy a, a movie ticket for that movie and Caitlin said Tom Cruise is a diver and you do not want to get the pens and it made me die because one of my favorite things is when people pull out the same thing I pull out of a movie but we don't talk about it beforehand you know what I mean like, yeah yeah the thing that sticks out as weird sticks out to somebody else and it comes up organically and that is one of my fate like it made me laugh so hard and so then it just became a thing around the theater about talking about the bends and so, anyway <laughs> no that's good that's good I like that um <laughs> it's <laughs> I think it's one of those things where someone picks up on something that feels out of place. Yeah. So they're like, they're like, oh, interesting. Tom Cruise can get the bends because he's a <laughs> diver. <laughs> they sound scary. You can be paralyzed or die, I think. You can die, yeah. yeah. Sounds scary. Yeah. yeah. Is it like it's like bubbles in your bloodstream or something? Yeah. I yeah. think so. It's pretty scary. Yeah. Um, but anyway back to the movie yes (laughs) um i also enjoyed when hunter was talking to the radio operator and he used the star trek reference that you mentioned yeah yeah 
I liked that he had a very good, he had a very talented way of leveling with the crew that Ramsey did not have. Yeah. And I think that did set him apart as probably going to be a better commander. Um, Because earlier when he saw the two people fighting, he talked the guy down and he told him like, don't do this again. You're up for promotion. This is bad look for you. But then he leveled with him. He's like, everyone knows the, I don't even know what he, he said something about the silver surfer. He's like the silver, this silver surfer is the best silver surfer. It and was like Mobius v- versus um, I I can't remember the other guy. I want to say like Toby, but I don't think that's right. Yeah, and he's like this Silver Surfer is the best Silver Surfer, and so he like leveled with him after the fact, right? And and I I thought that was really interesting because he was able to convey authority but not be scary. People right. respected him, but they even though he wasn't like he didn't treat them like like Ramsey would have treated them. Right. Like when he told Ramsey the crew is is um low morale. Low morale and Ramsey just got on the radio and was just like deal with it. Leave right now if you don't like it, you know. Yeah, I didn't think that that was a good a very good way to to uh convey that message that hey, you just all got to deal with it. It's like, well, you know, I mean, you also have to worry about the mental health of your um, you know, the people that you're working with because like you don't want someone who's unhinged again you know like Ramsey kind of was and Um, I think that that's an interesting battle between like the old school and the new school like Ramsey was like a trigger man and he's like you know what mental health doesn't matter you do what you do and you just do it you know and and obviously the new school is like keep the morale up make sure they're doing okay level with them a little bit and that was interesting as well yeah yeah uh I like I like too that um, when when Hunter goes down and he talks to the dude and to the communication guy that's trying to fix the radio, and he's like, "Listen, listen, a billion people are on, like, are are waiting on your shoulders." He's like, "I know it sounds like a lot. I know it does." He's like, "But you got to get this fixed. This has got to be done because we got to do this." And it was. It was very much inspiring, but at the same time, it was like, dude, I'm not fucking around and you can't be either. So let's get this shit done. <laughs> you know, I agree. I am glad you brought that up because I totally agree with you because he said something interesting. Like he didn't lighten the load at all. He said, I know that sounds like a lot and it is. He just basically right. doubled down. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Like you're it. This right. is you. And there's nobody else that's going to save you right now. You've got to, to fix it. And yeah, I agree with you. I can't imagine how scary that would be to like hear that from someone and not only that, but like hearing it from someone and then like knowing how true it is that if you don't get this fixed and you don't get it done in a certain amount of time, you know, like you can live with the guilt of killing a billion people for the rest of your life. So good luck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I wanted to bring up one other something else earlier in the movie, very early, that kind of made me laugh. When they were all um, like Ramsey and Hunter and a couple others were at the top of the ship before they went under the water, mm-hmm. and Ramsey is smoking a cigar and he gives a cigar to Hunter, and Ramsey's like, "This is my favorite part right before we go under," and then he kind of talks a little bit and he you know sort of like establishes some sort of dominance and and then he says something to hunter and he's like you're a smart one you know how i can tell 
because you knew to just shut up and take in the moment. And I thought, oh my gosh, you haven't stopped talking this whole time. (laughs) He's like telling Hunter that he's smart because he didn't talk while they were trying to enjoy like the sunrise, but he just talked his way through it. And that made me laugh. (laughs) Oh my God. I once went out with this girl, uh, with this woman and like after I went out with her, I never wanted to see her again because of that exact reason. She literally talked the entire time and I would start saying something back to her and she would interrupt me to talk more. And I was just like, by the end of the night, I was like about to start, like this is kind of out of the whatever, but I was about to start screaming at her because I was so annoyed and frustrated yeah, you're right. He never, he never, really he just talked. He was quiet for maybe like five seconds and then he talked and talked. But I did like how Hunter was justified and Redchenko did surrender. Yeah. So sending the bomb bombs would have been disastrous. Oh my God. So bad. I liked that he was vindicated in that way. I think a really good illustration of the character of thought that Ramsey is part of is that, so there, this illustrates it. I think they're sitting there first. Okay. There's two, there's two parts of this story and I might veer off a little bit, but they're sitting there waiting for the emergency action message to come through. And before Ramsey just takes over and discharges the bombs and Ramsey's like, have you ever seen the Lipizzaner stallions? And I don't know, he was oh, making like it? a weird Lip- racist joke. Lipizan, yeah, I I wondered that too. Um, and I thought that was kind of out of place and oh. I didn't really care for it. Oh my God. So, um, want to know something funny? It is a horse breed named for the Lipizza stud of the Habsburg monarchy. Oh my gosh, your favorite monarchy. My favorite. Oh my God. All of them are so fucked up and so incestuous and it was terrible and all of them are just dead inside. Well, King and Charles dead is in real life. Dead inside. And, and he's so dead in real life. <laughs> he's making like, I don't know if he's making like this racial comment. I'm not sure. I felt like it was weird dynamic in the movie that up until that point hadn't really been a thing so i didn't really get it but he said something about ramsey said and they're from portugal and hunter's like well they're actually from spain and then later in the movie at the tribunal um when the admirable admirable when the admiral was saying to hunter (laughs) he said to hunter like i have a statement here from ramsey and we're gonna go with it and hunter was like uh wait a second i might not like it and then they read it and it was that ramsey had you know like commended him to get his own ship and everything and it was working out in his favor and then as they were leaving the courthouse ramsey said i was wrong and there's a lot of subtext in that statement i was wrong and then his next statement is the lippins honors they're from spain and i think that's really interesting because as an old school balls to the wall pull the trigger before thinking sort of soldier i think admitting he was wrong was probably very difficult for him and the only way he could do it would be through some other means and so he was saying i was wrong about the horses but he was also saying like i was wrong about the situation and i i thought that that was a very good character like very 
characterization was done very well with that yeah, part. I agree. It was a it was a good paradigm shift that he recognized, hey, I was a little too out there and um so I did look up these Lipitzins. Well, I don't know how to pronounce it. Lipitz Lipitz I think no, it's Lipitzin or something. The Lipitzoner stallions? Yeah, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. But anyway, the foals are born black or or bay colored. And then they end up being like a grayish white. Oh, La Pizza Stud. Okay, sorry. The Lippins Honor is a horse breed name for the La Pizza Stud. So I didn't realize you were looking at the word La Pizza. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't uh, sure what the, like, was that like a weird racial thing that was seemed out of place? I thought that it kind of was. Um it it seemed you're right it seemed totally out of place because there's never like and i liked that that there was never any sort of racial issue within mm-hmm. the film because there shouldn't have been one it yeah, should his have bigger been... issue was that he went to harvard not that he was black <laughs> right like no and, i and... agree with you i think that 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 was it was good because it wasn't a racial thing right right and I mean, the issue too was that he was that uh, hunt or um, yeah, Hunter had no combat experience. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You're right. Yeah. But it was yeah. I thought that that was very weird that he had mentioned that, and it seemed to me I don't know how you felt about it, but it seemed to me that it made Hunter a little uncomfortable. Like he kind of looked like he shifted in his seat a little bit. Like he was like, mm, "Why are you mentioning that, dude?" Yeah. Um, yeah. It was yeah. It was very bizarre, and I kind of got I kind of got a racial vibe from that too. That it was meant, like, oh, it was almost meant as like a threat in a weird yeah, way. Because it was so I, bizarre. I thought that they could have had the same conversation, and Ramsey could have just said. You know those those lippins on our stallions, they're subservient. They figured out how to how to make them subservient from birth, and and then he could say, yeah, they're from Portugal, and then Denzel could say they're from Spain, and then that same thing. Just leave out the color of the horses, you know? Yeah, I thought that that was very odd. I, yeah, it was a it was confusing, and it didn't really fit with like the the rest of the like the tone of the rest of the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. I thought that that was very bizarre and I thought it it did it did seem to be a little bit based in yeah, in a racial thing and I was like, but there hasn't been any sort of racial aspect before. Mm-hmm. So why would that suddenly be brought up now? You know? Yeah. 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 So that was strange. just a, a little line that confused me. Like it just perplexed me because I wasn't entirely sure if I was picking up the right message from what he was saying or not. No, you were, you were definitely, um, you were, you were feeling the same way I was. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a scene in the movie that, that made me laugh. Um, I really liked how they kept going back to the dog every once in a while, but there's a scene in the movie that made me laugh and I sent it to Mike, uh, because it's when, so Ramsey gets on the radio and he says, you know, like, stand down, we're not going to shoot the warheads. And everybody starts cheering and then it shows the dog alone in his stateroom just barking like really excited and i sent that clip to mike and mike's response was bear is a peace-loving dog <laughs> <made me> laugh. 
<laughs> he's very excited. Yeah, he loves peace. <laughs> he's just a little pup. He doesn't know what's happening in the world. <laughs> so would you recommend it? I would definitely recommend the movie. I think it's tense pretty much all the way through. The music is really cool. I th- it's like they capture the spirit of being in the open sea and at peril and at war and like the like the pomp and circumstance of the American Navy almost, you know, it's like encapsulated in this intense score. And I think the music is really well. The visuals are really good. The performances, the characterization, the tension, it's all very fun, very good. And it, I think it will keep you engrossed the whole time. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Would you recommend it? Yeah. I would also recommend it. I think, um, especially if you like, if you are a fan of, like you you maybe like because i don't really like war movies but this was okay because it wasn't like battles and stuff like that you know what i mean now there are different i should i should say um it's a little different when it's like old-fashioned war (laughs) i guess if that makes sense like you know like when they're on the battle and they have like just swords and like they don't have guns and stuff and but contemporary war movies i tend not to i tend not to like those mm-hmm. um and I, I think it's like if you're not a fan of like war movies like the way i am this is a good way to watch a more war movie without feeling like you're really in a war movie if that makes sense yeah you know? i get it yeah. i think you're right and it's tense it'll keep you interested the whole time like you know i kind of say like why not why not go it's Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman are great. They're great together. They work well off each other. And it's it's a good film. I think yeah. overall it's 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 you know, it's decent. It's it's definitely it's it's entertaining for sure. Mhm. Yeah. Good time. So, so, Mike recommended this movie. Okay. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank Thanks, you for the Mike. recommendation. And yep. that leads me to say Mike gave us five stars on iTunes. So, oh, if you he? would like us to talk about a movie, Give us five stars on iTunes. Write a very simple review. All you have to do is give the movie title. If you're not, if you if you're not a wordsmith, just write a movie title. Yep. And we will review it. We will shoot it up to the top. It will take priority, and we will review it. If yes. you can't get to iTunes, or you'd rather not, you can send it to us through other channels, and we will add it to the list. But it will not be prioritized. So head over to iTunes. Give us five stars, and we'll do your movie. Um, and if you want to contact us through other means, we are at uh, watchersofmovies at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at Watchers of Movies and on Facebook at Watchers of Movies. And we have a website that's watchersofmovies.weebly.com. I don't think you can really send us messages on there, but we have, I have links to like our email address and stuff like that. So you can always get, you know, to us through there. Um, and we also have another instagram that is the watchers who find things and we just kind of occasionally post like funny you know little memes or bits and pieces we find on the internet that we enjoy and bits and bobs relevant to movies or tv shows that we like so i think that's it is there any oh oh we're on (laughs) we're also on itunes we're on spotify we're on stitcher we're on google play we are on soundcloud and uh thank you to mike so much for our our theme music and for recommending this movie 
Yeah, thanks, Mike. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. And I just want to pump him up a little bit. He does really cool articles for a, a website called Pro Wrestling Torch, PW Torch. And last night he was on the WWE Smackdown post show and he did a really good job being a co-host on that podcast. If you have an interest in wrestling, I would encourage you to look up his articles and listen to the uh, episode that he has co-hosted because he always does a really good job if you like him on this show I yeah think you'll like him on other shows too so for sure for sure yeah his yeah. name is mike myers yep <laughs> and i, I think if that... i said that <laughs> we'll mention him many times yes <laughs> um, and i think that's it i think that we're done discussing right yeah that's mm-hmm. it yeah you know what i'm gonna do i'm what? gonna take a nap it's gonna oh. be great that sounds nice okay. Bye-bye. Bye.